good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight, and joining me from across the pond, he's a statesman to my Kingsman, it's John Burke from Burke Reviews. How are you, my friend? I am doing very well, Matt. How are you this morning? This is uh, funny. It's the bloody awesome morning podcast over here, because for JB, it's barely sunrise, to me anyway, and to me, it's not quite lunchtime yet. We're recording this nine hours earlier than usual. And why is that, John? Because the spring break! Spring break! (laughs) Other than that, I'm I'm good, man. I'm enjoying the sunshine coming through the windscreen. Windscreen, window. I'm not in my car. Man, I've got a cup of tea. I'm going to have lunch after this. uh, And I'm ready to talk film. But that before that, how are you? I am, you know, doing pretty well. Um, Been uh, just kind of putzing around the last couple of days, watching some movies and... um, you know, basically breaking as it were, uh, you know, <laughs> trying to not do as much, um, in a positive sense. Yes. Yes. Uh, taking an actual <laughs> break as opposed to like working through my break. I have worked a, a little more than I probably should have, but, uh, you know, got it's hard not to, um, in the teaching world to, to not prepare, but, uh, you know, otherwise just trying to, to relax and, and stay, you know, safe. Well, uh, well, this week we uh, we have plenty of time to relax and sit down and watch a film. Uh, for those who are new to the show, John and myself, we take one film a week, usually the biggest or most interesting, or in the last year, streaming film, and we talk about it. We we have we give our thoughts and opinions in a non-spoiler review, so we never spoil our films on this episode. The only spoilers are well, we read the synopsis. But this week, my friend, we've been waiting. For, John's been waiting for this for a long time. We live in a society. But well, that line's not even in the film. We're talking no. about Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's finally here after four years of, well, everything you can imagine. It's directed by Zack Snyder and written by Snyder, Chris Terrio and Will Beale. And it stars, amongst others, Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Godot, Ezra Miller, Ray Fisher, Amy Adams and Jason Momoa. And the IMDb synopsis reads, uh, this is Zack Snyder's definitive cut. Determined to ensure Superman's ultimate sacrifice was not in vain, Bruce Wayne aligns forces with Diana Prince with plans to recruit a team of metahumans to protect the world from an approaching threat of catastrophic levels. Um, I'm going to say that's what it ended yeah. up on. It cut off. Um, critically, right, this is what we were looking forward to now because we we kind of gave our opinion on what we th- how we thought the film was going to go. Critically, though, Rotten Tomatoes sits currently at 73%, which I don't think is bad. 96% user rating on RT. Uh, Metascore is 55, which isn't quite as good. And the IMDb user score, 8.4. And we kind of take that with a pinch of salt, don't we? Yeah, and I, I really want to emphasize why I like Metascore over Rotten Tomato is Metascore is a more accurate where critics are saying the movie falls, where Rotten Tomato is either good, thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, and it's, it, did you like it or did you not like it? Right, yeah. and, and that could mean I... I I th- and I think where I would fall is very much accurate. I would definitely not say this is a rotten movie if I were giving it the thumbs up, thumbs down, or the fresh, not fresh. Yeah. But I also would say it's not a masterpiece, or is it some you know amazing piece of cinema? I do think uh, the fifty-five is a good depiction of where I would fall. It's like it's not the worst, mm-hmm. but it's also not outstanding um, which we'll you, get into the actual thoughts momentary. well you could give it a 5.5 out of 10 but still give it a fresh rating that's simply how it works you, exactly. you decide you decide on your rating and you decide on your score that's how it works but 73 percent 
is a surprise to me based on everything I went baggage I went in with. But if you haven't seen this again, we're not going to spoil it, but you can see it on HBO Max in I the States. Would like to throw a little caveat. I might spoil like two minor details. Well, uh, with a lot a couple. of the film follows is the film is basically the twenty seventeen version expanded. Yes, and I might spoil a few of the scenes that I don't think go anywhere or have anything to do with this plot um, that are clearly setting up an additional movies that are not there because I feel like some of those are the worst elements of this movie and I want to talk about at least one of them. Um, um, Well, we will allow it. Let me just check the notes. Allowed, yes. Um, And if you're in the United Kingdom or internationally, certainly UK can watch it on Sky Cinema. They've um, struck an agreement to get it on at the last minute, which surprised me. It took so long. So... Just Zack Snyder's Justice League. I went into this not enjoying the Joss Whedon or the Justice League. I didn't like that. I thought it was a mess, as a lot of people did. Watching this version, we, John and myself had said, look, let's not compare it to that version. Like Straight up top, what I will say about it is this version is ultimately a lot better than Joss Whedon's version. Now, I'm going to try not to draw any more comparisons to that. I went into this open-minded, but with no hopes. I didn't think it was going to be great. And, you know, I've come out of this and you know what? I think this is pretty good, actually. I think it was decent. Like John said, I don't think it's a masterpiece. I don't think it's the best comic book film of all time. It's not the worst. I think what Snyder's done, actually, by making it four hours, which is what I was so scared about, was he's managed to actually give his characters a sense of development and purpose without needing to have 18 or 19 films of a build-up. Now, I'm not saying that they were well fleshed out or they were comic accurate or whatever, what people wanted. But I think actually having that extra time to breathe helped the film. Yes, they could have trimmed it down by at least half an hour in certain places. And yes. there's one scene that JB said, which I didn't mind the scene. I didn't mind like the uh, dynamics of it. But the fact that it was just there is troublesome and bothersome. So as a standalone scene, fine. Yeah, great. In another film. In this film, I don't think it quite works. But um, so... As I said, it builds on the foundations of the 2017 film because that was Snyder's film. Joss Whedon came in to do touch-ups and basically remake the film, change the colour and and putting a lot of bad jokes and some questionable decisions with Wonder Woman and camera angles. Zack Snyder has made this a lot... The the film opens with like five minutes of no speeches, just setting the scope with big, grandiose uh, shots of landscapes and there's this epic music playing and... It's... It worked on a lot of levels for me. And I always said, if I thought it was good, I'll I'll say it was good. And I did enjoy it for the most part. I thought the action scenes were a lot better. I thought Steppenwolf actually worked. He had a lot more. He actually had a motivation in this. He wasn't just a guy who looked stupid for no reason. In In this instance, he was a guy who looked stupid, but he had a motivation for wanting to get these mother boxes. Cyborg is vastly improved. In fact, Cyborg's actually a character now. Uh, everybody in the league gets something to do. I think Aquaman got a kind of short shrift throughout. He kind of kind of had less least to do. Um, Ezra Miller, despite choke slamming women, he was fine in this. There's not really a lot I can say about this that I didn't like, really. And I and I say that as somebody who doesn't think the film was a masterpiece. I didn't think. I think Amber Heard's the worst actress I've seen in a long time. I'll say that. Dude, she's awful. There wasn't a lot that I didn't like, if that makes sense. What I will say is the reason why I can't score any higher was watching it. I never felt excited and I never felt uh, I never felt my uh, blood pumping. And John asked me during it, you know, how's the pulse doing? That my pulse rate never got above. This is good. I was never kind of like drawn in and like 
excited and you know really tense and nervous. I was just watching it and thinking this is a good film. So that's why I can't score it any highly because it never never at one point was I grabbed in, was I sucked in. There were cool moments, definitely. There were some cool moments, some great scenes. There's also some moments which were a bit naff, some dialogue which was a bit ropey. Yeah. And the ending, like JV said, which I'll let him speak about. But overall, man, I enjoyed this. And if, if I was going to give it a score, I'd give it a very decent seven, seven and a half because it surprised me. And I didn't think there was anything particularly wrong with it. But you, my friend, were a lot, were going in not with a more, not with a negative outlook, but you were more looking at it with a more harsher eye than I am. So I'm so interested to see what you think, because I don't know. I would say I went in with a very negative attitude. And I think as, <laughs> uh, as early reviews were pouring in, praising it, I got more and more, mm-hmm. it cemented in my perspective. Um, I do think Zack Snyder is overrated and, I honestly, I actually think he's a better director than I'm even willing to admit partially because I am, I don't like a lot of his fanboys. I don't like how they, how they fan over him and, um, and how they over, I don't even think overpraise is fair. I think they are, he, he, they are idolizing Snyder as though he is this figure of, um, and I, I honestly, I don't know if Snyder even is the figure that I've, seen him painted to be by his fans that i don't think he's right and that's i kind of feel the same way and especially Mm -hmm. to me ray fisher's story is the thing that makes me question his fan base because fisher is such he's been so outspoken about whedon and so positive towards snyder that it's just like well snyder's clearly been misrepresented because of the type of movies that he makes Mm -hmm. and how the fans have latched on the type of fans that have latched on to him i don't i'm not saying i still think he is over stylized I, I think yeah. he he is definitely form over function in most of it. And the dialogue in this movie only cements that for me because the dialogue in this film is not only often very cringy, it's repetitive to the point where I'm like, this is the same scene mm-hmm. from five minutes ago, which is either because you just spliced together whatever you had to make your director's cut that again, everybody needs to remember this was not a thing. It was, uh, that it was a myth. It, it cost what three it was another like a bunch of money to make this happen it cost at least at a, at a, at a minimum 70 million bucks to make this a it's minimum a, an additional on top yeah. of the already over inflated budget because of everything. everything else um so i i went in very negative and honestly i think two hours into this movie i was starting to question if maybe i just didn't like comic book movies anymore <laughs> um because I was uh, the things that were bothering me about it. I'm like, well, that's the comic book. Like some of the dialogue. I'm like, yeah, but in comic books, you have cheesy dialogue. And like one of the, the lines that really stood out to me, it reminds me of the solo line from the Han Solo movie when he names himself is when Bruce Wayne is recruiting Aquaman and he calls him, you know, he just goes through like all of the information, like as if Aquaman didn't know that he was Aquaman. Like, um, they go through that, that trouble a couple of times to like name drop. Even uh, one thing that was added, uh, this is technically a spoiler, but it's not plot spoiler. It's just like, if you haven't seen this, this is something you may have wanted to see on your own. At the same time, I was super disappointed with how it felt crammed in was the Martian Manhunter is in this movie. Yeah. He's not in the original cut. I love that character. It's a character I think is awesome. I think the look here is not good. I, I don't think the, the, not even the CG. I just think the overall art design doesn't Google look him. good. Um, ah, well, I, I'm a big fan of the Justice League animated series, which was excellent and totally worth watching. Um, but he like name drops him, but they call me the Martian Manhunter. I'm just like, oh God, really? <laughs> like, I know this is uh, comic book movies, dude, name drop weird or comic books in general 
often introduce things, but there is something about the it being written versus it being said out loud that just feels so that felt wrong. like a very last panel of a comic book issue didn't it they yes. call me the martian manhunter and, and that's it and that was where like i i obviously i love the marvel movies and i i you can read all of my reviews where i overpraise the marvel movies i'm sure <laughs> i i tend they they work for me the dc universe films have collectively mostly not and I say that being a huge advocate for Man of Steel, I think I think Man of Steel is underrated. I think there are problems, um, but I I actually really was connected to Kevin Costner's character, even though I think some of the messaging in the movie is confusing. Yeah, I like um, that film a lot too. But to me, this movie confirmed that that suspicion is Henry Cavill is the all star of this franchise because it was not until Superman showed back up in this movie that I cared. I was really he's checked buff, out. He's great in this. And I, when Superman finally shows up, which is like three hours and like 20 minutes or something <laughs> into this movie, I was like on board and I'm not a Superman fan. Mm-hmm. I'm apparently You're a Henry Cavill fan. I am a hardcore Batman, like love Batman, have always connected to Batman. And I've often ne- never felt like Superman was okay. I've, I've generally not been a fan of Superman. Although I say that, having stupidly been into Lois and Clark with uh, um, Dean Cain as Superman, which is not Kane. a good Superman in <laughs> any way, but I like that show for some reason. Um, and I, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever sat through Superman returns all the way through, but I, I like man of steel. I don't think man of steel is perfect, but I did like man of steel. I very much love Superman and justice league, this version, especially I thought there was just something about everything Cavill was doing that I was in. Um, I overly disliked uh, a lot of the slow motion in the movie though, in general. And again, that's where I I get into Snyder kiss style that I don't click with. I don't love a lot of the, uh, the overuse of slow motion. Like there's times where it makes sense. Like when the flash is going full speed and it's slow motion. Sure. That's, that makes perfect sense. But if you're going to use that to show his speed, you can't use slow motion every single time anybody does anything remotely, you know, action inspired because it, it counters the use of it in the storytelling. If, If we're talking visual storytelling, you have to establish a language and the, the slow motion is to show how fast the flash is going if you use slow motion anywhere else, you're throwing off your own decisions in the language, and that's problematic. Um, so, uh, what like the, the he just does too much slow motion again because of that contrast with the Flash. Like if the Flash is in slow motion be- mm-hmm. or everything around him is in slow motion because of how fast he's going, you can't do slow motion anywhere else because it unless it's again to show how fast someone is going like when superman's that scene is so cool when he like looks at the flash even though it takes 10 minutes to get there because of the slow motion (laughs) um you know those scenes work interesting ways i i i do a lot of people have been praising his characters um and i do think you get a better version of cyborg for sure cyborg is actually present um, I love that character in general. I was a big fan of the Teen Titans animated series, and that's what got me into Cyborg. I like the New 52 version of Cyborg. Um, so I, w- I was excited to actually care about him in this. Um, I think Fisher does a good job in the role. I like when we get to see him in his football like jacket, his Letterman jacket, in yeah, the, like, yeah. the virtual space. I think I thought it was a cool visual storytelling component where we get to see him as a person. Um, I thought the dad, uh, the connection with the dad was strong. 
I actually, I don't like this version of Barry Allen very much. Um, I'm a big fan of Barry Allen in the flash and he's, he's too young. I think is the problem. Um, he's never been depicted as like the, he's always been a smart, butt. like that's the, the Flash's general. He's got a sense of humor about him, but he's not immature and he's not, he's not dumb. He's actually hopeful. It's one of my favorite elements of the, uh, when they did the, the, I can't think of what the series is called, but when they had all the different lanterns, um, and he is, he becomes a blue lantern because he's so hopeful. He is this beacon of hope mm-hmm. in the justice league. And I don't get, he's this, he's more of a beacon of anxiety in the movie. And I yeah. don't like that. And again, that is, I think it's consistent with Snyder's character, but I don't like it. And then where I think there is inconsistency and I don't, I think there's an argument that can be made, but I think the Batman in, in justice league is not the Batman we were given in Batman versus Superman, which I think is a good thing because I think that Batman is not a Batman that should have ever been in, in yeah. anything. But um, the only thing that would make sense for that transition, I guess there's two things is one. He realized that other people are named Martha <laughs> and uh, that other people have mothers. Um, but also I guess, Superman's sacrifice does change him, but it doesn't really make sense for the change. There's mm-hmm. no real, because he's like a completely. Di- I like the Bruce Wayne and Batman in this movie. I do. Yeah. I, I and I, I like Affleck um, as the Bat. I, I am. I am content with this being the end of it. But I, I, I do like him in that role. I agree. I think a lot of the uh, the the non Justice League characters are pretty bad. Uh, Amber Heard. Um, oh God. And let's let's go ahead and get to this. Is a spoiler for the end of the movie, not the plot. But the literal like post credit scene that, that doesn't need to be there because it's apparently this adamantly Tom. Yeah. yeah adamantly not going anywhere according to WB. So and this was reshot as well for this. And there's no freaking reason. One Amber Heard gets like a monologue that is horrible. <laughs> it is so bad, and I don't know if that is her or if it's the writing, but it's it could be both. It's bad. She's um, not the best. And then Jared Letters Joker. Is so awful. I hate. <laughs> I hated every second of that. I didn't even like the interaction with Batman and like and Affleck's portrayal in that scene is not good. Uh, I love Deathstroke. I'm a mm-hmm. huge fan of Deathstroke. Yeah. I don't like what they're do- trying to do with him in this because it just doesn't feel. Right. And it's not even again. Uh, I forget. Man, man, Joe, Joe Manginello. Yeah, yeah man, I like Manginello, him. Yeah. You know, um, I don't dislike him at all. I think he's fine there. Um, but man, I don't like that he's there. I, it feels exactly tacked on, and it would make sense if there was the potential of a sequel. But Snyder has even said this is it, this is it. Yeah. This was the final. This was we're giving you our swan song. It should have been this propulsive thing, but it's already just it's too far gone. Everything and again, that's a stupid statement in today's world. We've seen coming to America two weeks ago. Sequels can always happen if the studio thinks there's money. And based on the reaction, I can't imagine. I cu- I'm so surprised how fast they were to shut down sequels when people well, are raving about this. Well, let's not forget that we spoke about it the other week that in, in the exhibition that Snyder's got with all of the costumes and that, and they had that treatment for uh, Justice League Part 2, 
uh, Zack Snyder's Just League. That's out yeah. there now. So that that was put out not long before the fi- this film came out, so people could get excited about the potential of a sequel. Then you have this epilogue, which directly ties into the goddamn sequel. There are scenes in this film which would have been lifted directly from the sequel. There were there are future scenes. Yeah. So, so you've you've got the T. The fans now know what to expect. They've now seen seen what they could get, could get. It's kind of like you know, here's what you could have won type situation and. Um, uh, my my buddy Ant brought up a point today that look AT and T who own well, HBO and Warner Brothers, they basically went said well we're funding this Justice League you know we'll put it out on HBO we're funding it what was to stop them saying well we're we're going to fund Justice League too we're going yeah. to fund it but but people have like WB, WB execs have said nope this yeah is they it. said it's, it's a cul de sac that was it and um I can't remember the lady's name now came out yesterday and was like. It was mm-hmm. great to finally see it, but we can't wait to move on to other projects now. And Zach said that he doesn't necessarily want to do it, but he didn't get paid for this version. You know, as we mentioned, he didn't get paid to do this and he dedicated it to the memory of his daughter, which is lovely, yeah. which is great seeing that touch at the end. But I got to imagine that for a sequel, if they said to him, okay, well, you say you don't want to do it. Here's a blank check. How much do you want to do this? You've got to imagine yeah. he's going to be tempted, but then would the talent come back? I... Well, I, didn't, I don't think so. I, I, I mean, obviously, Gail Gadot still tied in. Uh, Fisher's 100% on board. He's coming back. Doing it. He loves it, yep. Cavill um, and Affleck. Yeah, Cavill, mm-hmm. I don't see what Cavill... I, I mean, maybe, because he isn't doing a lot else. I he's like Superman. Cavill. Yeah, and he's so good at Superman. Like, yeah. I totally... Now, I don't know if I 100% like Snyder's darker take, but I feel like post-Justice League, we could get a more Christopher Reeves-esque... Superman, yeah, like yeah. Where he is or what we're what we're teased is an injustice style Superman, yeah, which would be also League very w. cool. Can't deny that uh, the idea of it. I didn't like any again of the Jared Leto over. I didn't mind his. I preferred his Joker here than I did Suicide Squad. Sure, I didn't like some of his dialogues, like no. some of the the connotations and like the weird kind of like sexual undertones, like. Well, come now, now, you're, now it's a bit too edge lord. But I didn't, I didn't mind the back and forward too much, I, based on this context of where they were. But I can't get past it felt Jared Leto. Well, it's Jared Leto, isn't it? <laughs> it, it? It feels, I, I think he is now a parody of himself and you can't, you can't see him as an actor anymore. He is because he's always a Big. character, right? He's like always, he's yeah. just this character and he's uh, always dialed up though, isn't it? Yeah. I, I did not like that at all. Um, see, I didn't mind it as much. What I, you, like what I could say was that Ben Affleck looks about five years older. But certainly and, in the Martian Manhunter scene, I was like, you look like a different dude there. And he's uh, clearly not as jacked as he was when he no, did the two which movies, is fair which, enough. You, you, you could know, say yeah. this was six. This was two years later, and he went on a you know an, an exercise regime or something. But I just think that it's very telling that you've got all this information about the sequel out there. You've got the film, this film, which is doing well. Critically, it's doing well. I can imagine HBO got a lot of subscribers about this, and I don't want to know how many people tuned in in other ways, but I've got to imagine that this film was will, will be one of the most sought after this year. So you've got the information there. There is already the hashtag Restore the Snyder Cut um, stuff trending on Twitter, which is always going to happen. That got this film made. That kind of willed it into existence. Yeah. You've got to imagine, man, if this does well, AT&T will be knocking the door saying, look, we're the money men here. This will make us money in the end of the day. We want to make it happen, but I can't see. I can't. I don't know. I can see Henry Cavill coming back because he didn't want to. He didn't want to like lose the cape in the first place. Ben Affleck. Uh, I'm not so sure. 
Amy Adams. We well, won't. How much Netflix had it. so much? Well, okay. Let's let's talk about Amy Adams for a second. I also Lois Lane is a vital part to the Superman story. Absolutely, and they really want to make that the centerpiece of this film. It hmm. doesn't totally feel like it uh, as far as Superman. Like I feel like he is. He's in, he's obviously integral to the plot, but I feel mm-hmm. like they don't do a good job of making that clear for four hours. It's a four hour movie. I feel like it's a good two hours before Superman's even brought up outside of a couple of Lois Lane shots, yeah. right? Like, um, or the or the league saying we need him. Yeah, if but only that we takes, had him. Yeah, Batman references it maybe twice, but mm-hmm. like, no no one else is like thinking about Superman right away. I I did not feel like the Lois Lane scenes worked in in Congress with the rest of the film. Like it felt tacked on and it shouldn't. I felt, and that's the first two hours of this movie to me were not good. I was very like checked out and was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I have two more hours of this <laughs> by the, by the time Superman showed up. That's when I felt finally, I'm like, okay, now this movie's kicking into mm-hmm. uh, to another level. I cared about, like I did care about I, the cyborg stuff I think is good. Um, but there, there, to me, it did. It still felt like we didn't need a four-hour version of this movie. It's more about story economy. And I have seen a few people. There's nothing I would trim. I'm like, you're you're crazy. There's tons of things we well, could. The trim. epilogue in itself is hot. It was, it was almost twenty twenty-five minutes. Yeah. So right away, there you go. But um, but I I think you could do this in two hours and do it well in two hours. I think there's enough maybe two and a half, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. At worst, at worst. But uh, there's enough extra stuff or there are scenes that are literally just the same like when the gail godot and jeremy irons as alfred t sequence is it's not bad but it's not essential and it doesn't add any new information um we've especially this movie in terms of what it does the worst is exist before the the solo films which they rushed because they were trying to compete with Marvel. And that's not news. That's not my opinion. That is fact. We saw them <laughs> trying to catch up to the Avengers. The Avengers took their time to establish our, or at least our technically all four of the major characters, you know, cause we did get a Hulk movie, even if everyone wants to act like it didn't yeah. exist, <laughs> it does exist. Um, so we got a Hulk movie. We got a Thor movie. We got a Captain America movie. We got an Iron Man movie. The only things we didn't get were Hawkeye and black widow. And to, widow should have maybe had a movie but realistically within that that dynamic she should have had a movie after justice league or mm-hmm. after avengers sorry yeah. uh but we needed if you're going to do so much footwork to make cyborg the the emotional core of this film either make him the emotional core and not the superman arc which is the emotional core yeah. superman's return the jesus story you know, three days after resurrection yeah. is the essential story, but don't do that. Make it the, the cyborg story. Cause he is, he, he is really the one who's needed as, cause he has to art to make the, the real soul of this film. Right. But without him, always they can't, there. they can't win without, with any of them removed. You know, you need all of them to some degree. They will do something, but yeah, without right. cyborg specifically, even having Superman there without cyborg, they're not winning anything. Right. So you have the Superman story should have been a standalone movie with the Superman, the death of Superman or Superman returns, whatever you want to call it should have been its own standalone before justice league so that you don't have to cram that in and take away from, from cyborg's arc slightly because cyborg does have a great arc here. Justice league should be cyborg's origin film. And they, they do that, but it's, it's saddled to still having to do all the other footwork because you are getting, you know, like, 
he's the he's the last person to really join. I mean, technically Superman is, but again, it shouldn't oh, be. Yeah. Superman's already there. Um, but they need him because he can do something that none of, none of them else, none of the other ones can do. Partly because he's tied to the plot device. He's tied to the MacGuffin. Like that's literally. And so, like, there's so much. Do you think Warner Brothers potentially got a bit? I don't want to say scared, but I don't know. You've just mentioned that they should have had this be his origin story. But do you think Warner Brothers were like, well, I don't think a Flash movie is going to do as well as standalone. I'm not sure people are going to go and watch a cyborg movie. Or I don't think people would go watch a cyborg movie. There, if they thought that about Flash, they're stupid because if they're not paying attention to their TV series, which is blowing up, see, especially when this is coming out, the CW Flash. Uh, Grant Gustafson, Gustin, Gustafson, whatever Something it is, here. beloved, huge fan, especially at this time where people were mad that they cast Ezra Miller, who before they cast Ezra Miller was Ezra Miller was loved at that time. This was yep. pre, you know, beating up women in the club. Slam, yeah. So people were all about Ezra Miller, but they wanted Grant Gustafson because they loved him on the series, mm-hmm. and he has the hopefulness. And the, the goofiness. Um, I watched seasons one and two for sure. I think I, I watched through three and I finally just checked out of the too much high school CW drama yeah. on those shows. Um, but no, I think people would have gone to a flash movie in a heartbeat. No, um, okay. I, I, I not, I don't think cyborg. I think cyborg has always been an ensemble character. If you look at Titans, if you look at justice league mm-hmm. and the comic book, cyborg has mostly functioned as a, a centerpiece of those teams, but of the teams. And, um, I don't know that he has enough of a following, but look at Aquaman though. That made a billion dollars and who would have thought Aquaman would, whether we liked it or not, yeah, who would have thought that would make a billion dollars. So that kind of also flies in the face of our theory in a set to a sense. Possibly, but Momoa does also have a big following at that point, right? Game of Thrones has happened. Oh, Game of Aquaman, Thrones Aquaman, this new 52 version, this Momoa version, he's cool. He's got the yeah. swagger. This guy's got the drip. He's awesome. But the film might not have been. I, I, I just think it looks stupid. Um, I think a lot of the <laughs> underwater stuff just looks, and it's not a criticism to how they did it. I just think it's hard to do. I think it looks better underwater. here, actually. In I do too. Because um, it's, it's short, smaller moments, but yeah. just like the hair and stuff like that, it looked a lot more, a lot na- more natural. And that's one of my bigger things about Aquaman was that it felt too cutscene. It didn't feel, I didn't believe they were underwater as here. I did. Yeah, I actually agree with that sentiment too. I, I, I got as, again, I went in, very negative. I was uh, throughout the first 20, 30 minutes, very aggressively like, Oh God, I hate this. And <laughs> I still did that in the later parts. There were moments where I, I was, I thought were cringy or I thought was not, but it's definitely better than I was expecting. And I did have, uh, I did get sucked into the ending, like the whole sequence with, um, the whole fight sequence and how it plays out is much more satisfying. Um, Superman is just awesome. I do like the black suit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I so there are still. I still think it to say this is a masterpiece, or I. I don't remember. I think it's. I don't remember what score it is. Maybe it's the user score. Is like it's number two, only behind the Dark Knight. I'm like, you're smoking yeah, crack if you think this is the number two superhero. Ninety six percent. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Um, even if it's just DC films, I still don't. Well. Maybe this is the second best seat. No, I, I think I'd put Wonder Woman over this. Um, um, I've, I've thought about, I've thought to myself about that as well. I was worried about the tone of this. I don't think it was as grimy and grunge as I thought it was going to be. It wasn't quite as serious as I thought it was going to be. There were some decent gags. So there was, yeah. that's what, I was worried it's going to be a four hour grunge fest. I like grunge, but not in a four hour film. I was worried about, this is going to be dour, miserable, you know, Zach came out and said, this one's for the grown ups. 
he doesn't he hasn't got a voice like that. He's got a voice more more akin to me, which surprised me. High pitched. Um, so I was a bit worried. I was like, oh, what are we going to get? I was surprised. You know, the, I, I didn't mind the Themyscira scene at the beginning. I, I like the fact that they yeah. showed more of it, showed a bit more of the carnage. The ending, like you say, was great. When you know Superman is just a boss, and you know a bit bef- with Batman being just a rich guy. I like how they used him in the end battle as well. They didn't suddenly make him like this super being. He was just there like shooting things. I like he was that. he was the strategist. He was exactly yeah. what Batman would have done. I, like I, I don't. I don't know that I like that he was shooting things because I still think Snyder is confused <laughs> about the whole Batman like doesn't use guns philosophy. But um, I, uh, I the, there's a couple of logic things that drive me crazy, and this is this can apply to all comic book things. But yeah. some like again, I went in negative, so I can't help but like the Themyscira sequence at the beginning. There's the mother box. There are a uh, hundred soldiers. There we're supposed to believe that that is their day job. Like there is always a hundred people with there. spears pointed at this mother box because it's not doing anything, right. and then it suddenly opens, and they're like, "Oh!" and it's like, "Hold up!" Sound waves like wake it up, aren't they? Oh, dude, the sound waves are so <laughs> cheesy. I knew you wouldn't like that. Oh man, it goes on for so long. Like it, it, the implication is that there's like a bajillion screams. I'm like, he screamed once. Why does the wave mm-hmm. keep coming? Mm-hmm. Oh, it keeps going. I had, yeah. the mother, something about that mother box did make me laugh, but I'll, I'll, I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah, but they they did uh they did justify that within the plot too though that um why they had not awoken until that moment and I was like you know what that's an interesting uh, because that's fair enough yeah and they they I don't know th- he did better stuff with story than I would have expected it still doesn't necessarily make it great but it was he made things make sense that I definitely don't think there was any sense in the yeah. first I, I also would like to point out though I don't remember the 2017 justice league that well, I didn't realize how much I'd forgotten oh, or there's stuff for in this. Sins. Oh, I can't. Um, I there's it. stuff in this. I'm like, was that in the original? I don't remember for sure. Um, and I don't, and I think that speaks volumes to the differences. I, I remember yeah. a lot of this. I mean, granted I just watched it, but I've watched three or four other movies since I watched justice mm-hmm. league. And I still like vividly remember moments and things. So I, I definitely think this one has a bigger imprint and, it should. Uh, this yes. this should have been a monumental thing when it happened, like like Avengers was, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was um, the plan. yeah, and it wasn't because of it was a it was a disaster. And to you you can't blame Snyder. His the personal stuff that happened to him is tragic and horrifying, yeah. and it, it is a shame because I do think it 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 tarnished a franchise that was already getting shat on, you know, and. uh it could have been something more. It could have at least been, okay, it's not Marvel, but if this came out in 2017, if this version, maybe not even the four hour version, but a, a more cohesive story and a much more satisfying ending drop the epilogue. I still think the the epilogue forces a lot of stuff. And I don't know that I would have liked, I don't think I would like the nightmare story that that was implying. Like even if as much as I like the idea of the injustice story, um, and the stuff that came out with him, like with the the bat and, and Amy Adams, or uh, sorry, Lois Lane. Lois um, Lane. I don't like any yeah, that's, of that. That's not good. Um, so I, I don't know that I would like it if it had continued, but I also think if we had gotten this in 2017, we maybe don't have such a negative view of the DC universe. And maybe it doesn't follow completely apart. Cause like, we're still getting some of the standalone movies, yeah. but that's what they're referring to all of them now as standalone movies. Yeah. They're not part for of now it. anyway, but even though they've yeah. got a multiverse to work with, they're not using it. But, um, 
one of the the thing about the mother box I found fun was that the you say the Amazonians they uh they they were watching this thing hundreds of them were watching it every day that the the Atlanteans under the sea had it guarded in the most the most secure tombs on earth the humans just buried it like three three feet underground and were like yep done but that was the last one to be found these guys buried it in the woods walked off and left it and you yep. think is that all we did but turns out that us humans know our stuff man um yeah i my my, my main takeaway from this is uh, yeah I, I liked it more than i thought i would but i know that they brought joss whedon in to basically you know make it more marvelly i know that i get that and it, it's obvious and it just didn't work but uh as a lot of people have said, this version, you know, these scenes, a lot, well, this this version was out there. These scenes were out there, at least. Not all of them, but for the most part, these scenes were out there. So why, why not just use them? Why yeah. reshoot an entire film? If this film, for the most part, existed, we know that it, we know that the final cut didn't exist, but it had been shot. He went back to do reshoots and touch-ups, but why not just use the film they had? What was, I mean, what was the big issue? And I know, again, the Marvel thing, but the film was there. Yeah, and the the thing that's missing the most is Darkseid, man. Darkseid's looming presence in this, and the Thanos of it all, which Mm. is, I I would imagine that's Whedon was like, oh, it's too much like Thanos. Well, yeah, it is, but that's the equivalent in the comic books. They are very similar looming figures. Um and but the way Snyder used Darkseid here, I thought was interesting because I was I was a little disappointed that we don't get the big battle. But mm-hmm. also, no, it works. It makes Steppenwolf have the urgency, like you said. It doesn't quite make him the sympathetic villain that you get from uh, uh, Infinity War of Thanos, where I yeah. think like you're at least seeing Thanos's crazed perspective. I don't think you're getting that from Steppenwolf, but you have this this sense of urgency and this desire to be reinstated uh, yeah. to get his place back in the evil table, you know, and that looming presence of dark side. And even that, the, the flashback sequence of dark side is cool. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, when he's fighting the gods and Themyscira mm-hmm. and all that, um, I don't fully understand the whole uh, equation thing. Um, the uh, life, anti-life equation. Yeah. I, was I like, don't know. It's like a right. symbol, isn't it? That if you can find it somehow that if you, if you can find it and solve it, then suddenly you can control. Yeah, I, I didn't know we were in like, God algebra, but you, you know, start, whatever. Plagueis and Palpatine, they can do that. Yeah, it, it, well, I'm sure. It, ultimately, this was all Palpatine. That was yeah, actually, exactly uh, he, somehow he returned as well. What Superman finds out is his name is actually uh, Kyle Skywalker. That's it. <laughs> that's, it. That's, that's, what, that's how the film ends. It's really weird. Clark it's Skywalker. Hey, so yeah. weird. So, um, um, started cut though. For somebody, so so for you, then you you went into it not expecting a lot. I'm quite negative. You know, and you said you were kind of you. You thought it was okay. So, what you know, are you willing to say you'd recommend this? Uh, yeah, I, I would definitely. I would say I fall in the the meta score of the fifty five to sixty, mm-hmm. and the, the Rotten Tomato would get a a fresh. It is it is definitely begrudgingly much more watchable. <laughs> um, again, I still think it has flaws, and that's yeah. okay. I do want to. That's something we have to start to come to terms with. Everybody, how many you can acknowledge. Films? Right. You can acknowledge something is good and still point out where it could be better. And it's not necessarily hating. Um, to look at this movie and go, it's perfect, is is crazy. There is nothing perfect about this particular film. Um, I, and if, if you want to go Marvel DC, you, I still think what Infinity War and Endgame are able to do is, is insane. Yeah. Um, and Justice League is trying to do something on that scale. And it doesn't, it does this much better than what we saw in the previous iteration. Mm-hmm. 
but that does not make this version the masterpiece or quintessential um uh, you know work and i don't think it's Zack snyder's best work it is one of his better movies i will concede but i don't Mm -hmm. think a lot of his movies are that good to begin with um so you know um it is still uh, it's it's worthy of note how against this I was going in and I walked out kind of like crap. It yeah. is better uh, <laughs> yeah. than I, than I expected. I still don't think it's as good as some people are raving. Um, no, it's and not I, a masterpiece. I, no, and I and again, it's okay. Like I like like Damien Chazelle. I think Damien Chazelle is a really great director. I don't think First Man's that good. I know oh, okay, that you've no. you've argued <laughs> second viewing maybe necessary. Second viewing worked, man. Um, but. But the point is, I still think Chazelle's a good director. I just didn't didn't click with one movie, and that's what I'm trying to tell you guys. It's okay to say Snyder is is got talent. He definitely has some talent. Uh, just like same with James Cameron, I have on record have made more jokes about my dislike. Cameron is a really great visual, you know, filmmaker. He makes some really cool looking stuff. Very I think his story's man. always lacking. And yeah, I've heard he's he's a monster to work with, but it's because he's striving for this visual image that no one else can see. I don't think people. I think he has this visionary mindset. Doesn't make it, you know, perfect movies. But yeah, that's we've talked way almost as long as the Snyder cut. I think so. Uh, I think that's this is this is the Snyder cut version of Bamp. Yeah, no, I agree with you, dude. Like we look, if we like Steven Spielberg, color purple, not so much. We like I like Sidney Pollock. You loved Out of Africa. I know that. So. But we, I still respect the dude's work, even though I don't like some of the films. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I, I, I'm more, I'm, I would be more of the RT score, the kind of seventy-three percent. I liked it quite a lot of this film and acknowledge the flaws. And I just hope that everybody can do that as well. Everybody, those who really wanted this film, I'm, you know, pleased you got the film, and I'm glad you like it. Hopefully, you can see that it's not perfect, but it never, but no film is apart from the Exorcist. No films are ever going to be perfect. So um, that's that's how I'm going to end up. But I will, I will recommend it. But do make some space in your schedule for it because it is a hell of an undertaking. It didn't feel like four hours, I will say that. Um, But that is the bloody awesome movie podcast, half-spoiler, non-spoiler review of Zack Snyder's Justice League. And now we move on to our next segment, which is called Chuffed Headlines. And it's where John and myself, we take a movie or pop culture headline that caught our attention for a variety of reasons. And we... We, we imbue the other person with the knowledge of it. So, John, what's your headline all about this week? Well, what caught my attention is I've recently realized that I like Star Trek, um, something yes. I had actively not thought I was ever going to be a fan of. I've watched the first four Star Trek original series films, and I've now watched two episodes nice. of, uh, of the first. Actually, I've watched three episodes, but I've watched episode one and two of the original series on Hulu. Um, but I've also watched the con episode. So I've now seen three total episodes of the show. I really like the show. Yeah, here here we I, go. It's happened. I did not think I would He's ever. He's a Trekkie. Really, dude, I, I am. Uh, I believe Trekker is the appropriate term. Yes, Apologies. live long and prosper. Um, That's it. But so I'm scrolling through the, the headlines for uh, entertainment news um, on the Google app last night. Yeah. Uh, and William Shatner turns 90. First caught my eye. I'm like, oh, that's fun timing. Happy birthday. Um, and then AI version of him will live on indefinitely. And my brain went, hold up now. Um, So Shatner, his partner with Storyfile, to create an interactive version of himself that answers fan questions and talks back to them. Jesus Christ. Um, 
Okay, but yeah, how Star Trek is that? That is such a so, Star Trek thing that I'm reading. When like, you put it in that context, it's the ultimate Star Trek thing. It's but, like, what? We're going to have like this. It's, I mean, to be fair, it's also technically a Star Wars holocron, right? Like, that's what we're talking here. Well, hopefully um, him and Mark Hamill can continue their, their like jokey feud forever. We've both uh, just get holog- holograms of each other. And I, I, st- I do think I am Star Wars first. But there is something to the Star Trek style that I like in a way that it, it doesn't, especially after the, the, the sequel series, it doesn't feel like it's rushing anything mm-hmm. in Star Trek. Like Star Trek's like, no, nah, we're just going to do our thing. Like, you know, we're just going to coast and we're going to have, it, it feels like, it feels like the office to be honest. Like I never thought I'd ever hear that in like, a sentence. Cause you're just like, it's, it's the office on a ship. That's Star Trek, right? Like it's like <laughs> you have Kirk is is Michael Scott, but a little he's not as dumb, but he does some dumb stuff where you're like, what? Oh, okay. Take and the top off a lot, right? And he like some of the fight sequences. It's almost there's literally <laughs> a, a, a training sequence in episode two that totally feels like the parkour scene. He's like the <laughs> shoulder roll, and he's like rolling in this like red pajamas. You're just like, what's happening? But um, but this is the article. There's not much to it. We won't dwell on this. But he's he's basically doing this digital virtual AI thing that people will be able to interact with. Like it's like Shatner Siri. And um, it's cool. Cause this is God 90th birthday. So we are aware that his, he is human. So at some point we won't have Shatner anymore. Um, I, I really have grown to like Captain Kirk a lot uh, over the last couple of, uh, especially uh, I don't know. I'm going to talk about this in a moment, but if you haven't <laughs> seen the Star Trek original series movies, I, I think they are underrated. Uh, to be honest, I feel like the first and third get a lot of hate, and I think they're they're the very first one had a lot of problems going into it. Yeah, really long, and it's it has a lot of production stuff, but that's yeah. like money and budget. That has nothing to do with the actual movie that we get. I think the movie is solid and it's slow. Yep, but that's Star Trek, so I'm okay with that. Like, I don't have an issue with it, and that used to be my argument. Like, one of the reasons I I am so big on Star Trek Beyond is that it feels like a bombastic action movie. Mm-hmm. And it, it is like a, Star Wars, Lynn's, a new yeah. Star Wars film, but I, I still love beyond. I think beyond's underrated and <laughs> I don't care that if, if people have an issue with sabotage being in it, it's amazing. But yeah, so Shatner is going to live on forever through AI. So finally good argument for AI, right? Like unless he takes over the world, what if Shatner Shoot. is the Skynet that we've been afraid of this whole imagine time? That, imagine if, imagine if we all under control of Shatner, if we all become Shat- little Shatners ourselves, I think, hey, dude, look, if anyone's going to take over the world, Shatner seems like the kind of guy who would believe in himself enough to do it. I'd have always loved, love him or hate him, I've always loved Shatner's kind of like self deprecating, like, almost, well, say deprecating, his humor, where he knows that he's William Shatner, but he plays up to that so much online and he plays up to it in his appearances that you know, he comes across like he's the big daddy, and I love it. I love it, even though he knows that a lot of people like him and know him as Captain Kirk and like to put memes up about him. It's great. And I love how Shatner just embraces it and runs with it. And he's his own person. And look, if we're going to get AI William Shatner for the next 90 years and, and more, maybe then who am I, who am I to argue against more Shatner? Hey, there it is. I like it. Uh, yeah. Your headline grabbed my attention also. And my I- headline is more on brand this week. Um, and it was a new, uh, a more recent headline. And it's the headline that, um, Zatanna, the uh, magician, DC magician from the DC comics, she's been, she's been getting her own film for a long time. It's been in the works, at least. There's been rumours of a Zatanna live action film within some aspect of the DC EU. But 
word has it on the uh, Hollywood rounds that uh, Emerald Fennell, Oscar-nominated director for Promising Young Woman, is going to be uh, is going to be writing it. I don't know if she's going to be directing it, but she's going to be writing a Zatanna live-action film, which I found exciting because I thought Promising Young Woman, as John did, was very, 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 very good. Sharply written, funny, had it tonally worked. Um, in anything Emerald Fennell's going to do going forward, I mean, based on that yeah. one movie, you know, she, the next one might be rubbish. But who, I don't know, who, who cares? The first one was so good. But it, it, apparently she's going to be getting her own feature films at Tano. It's going to be under uh, the DCEU and J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot Productions. Because J.J.'s going to be oh. doing Superman and that. And I think J.J. Oh, is potentially right. going to be doing a DC verse. He may be hel- he may be helming it as in as a producer like a Feige type thing. But um, so there's no casting news, no release date or anything like that yet. But, you know, I, I don't know much about the character of Zatanna. I know who she is. I know how, how she is visually and I know her powers and her, how she kind of interacts with the justice oh. league and that. But you, you know more about this. So Emerald Fennel, we both agree. That's a good thing. Her and yes. Zatanna. I I am a big Santana fan. Um, I love uh, Justice League Dark was a, a series mm-hmm. that they brought into the 52. There is an animated movie about it. I've not seen those. Um, given the great animated series of DC movies, though, it's probably really, really good. Um, I love her connection to Constantine, and that is always my big hopeful, is that we get a Constantine movie. Because mm-hmm. I, think Const- I mean, we have one. And I don't dislike that, even though Keanu Reeves is nothing like the Constantine in the comics. Uh, uh, mainly that Constantine is British. Uh, thank God he didn't try <laughs> to do another British accent. Oh, God, Inferno. Uh, Gavin yeah, Rostow turns up for a cameo. It's great. Yeah, I like that movie. Um, Tilda Swinton's the freaking Archangel. Yes. Like, it's it's amazing. Um, uh, <laughs> And, and uh, we, Rachel Vice is is in it. Like it's it's a uh, oh, she's yeah. It's it's very forgotten how. And Shia LaBeouf has a really like early role in that. I mean the, that movie again, not DC proper, but it's 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 worth watching. Um, but the Constantine from the comics and that we have seen on TV a couple of different ways uh, has been great. But um, I am curious to see who they're going to cast as Antana. Her power, it, she is magic. She's of the magic side of the DC universe. Um. One of the things that I really love about the the written her spell casting is basically whatever she wants to happen said backwards. So like that's oh, how wow. they write the spell. So uh, it's always really interesting because sometimes it's it, it looks like magic words. It looks like something out of Harry Potter, mm-hmm. but if you read it backwards, it's just like he has a hat, and it's like you know she's like ah, da, 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 and it's like what? turn him into a frog. Yeah. So it's I've always really liked that um, structure, and there's explanation behind it. It opens up. There was for a long time they wanted Del Toro to do the mm-hmm. Justice League Dark, and that would everyone was really on board. But as Del Toro has proven, he he takes on a bajillion projects, and almost none of them come to fruition. Yep. That is something. <laughs> um, but uh, I I'm all in. Um, we already we've got Shazam, which is more to the supernatural side than it is yeah. to the magic side. But uh, Justice League Dark definitely gets into that that stuff and Zantana is a entry point to it um it's great that we're going to get another female director in the dc uh universe something that again i think marvel you know we have chloe zhao now with eternals coming out this year um but still we've seen a lot less females getting opportunities with marvel and dc's that's they're they're pretty progressive um by comparison i mean they're still like the the boys club but you you did get you know Patty Jenkins did tremendous job with Wonder Woman and then dropped the ball horribly in 84. Um, yeah. 
so who knows, but I, I'm, I'm definitely on board to see what, what comes of this. And, um, if we do get an Abrams led DC universe, I don't know that I like that given what happened with star Wars. Um, as much as I am an Abrams supporter, generally, I, I do think there are flaws with his style mm-hmm. as well. Um, and the big concern too, is that he has an obsession with boxes of mystery Dude. And we've already done the mother box, so is yeah. it? <laughs> what else are going to do, JJ? If he's producing, you know, fine, and he's getting directors on board, he's picking the talent. Fine, I'm not, I haven't got a problem with that. As long as there's a a, a through line, uh, word on. But that's end. the problem. He's not good at the through line. That's what happened with the trilogy is they mm-hmm. did not establish a through line. So you have three essentially standalone films that are are at are you war with to tell each me other. The Rise of Skywalker didn't fit in. I mean. <laughs> No, it a hundred percent is a, a counter to what was introduced in Last Jedi. Which the only reason why anyone who's upset with Last Jedi needs to be upset with JJ because there should have been, if you want a continuity of a certain way, then you don't allow Johnson to do what he did. Like you don't let that happen. With whether or not you like what Johnson did isn't the debate. No. It's why was that even allowed to happen if you didn't want that to and happen? He was to produce his producer on that film. JJ was as well. And so. So if that's what we're getting with the DC, are they going to just be loosey goosey swinging, you know, whatever they feel like doing? Or are they going to have what Marvel's had where there's even, even if there wasn't clear vision, Feige has done a tremendous job of ret. He's done the ultimate retcons that make you feel like you've always had this consistent through line. He's one of the best producers Hollywood's had. And so, so, you know, there's, you're always going to get the Marvel comparisons because Marvel has, has set the bar. (laughs) so high for what yeah for what it yeah you're right a hundred percent yeah unless they just suddenly you know stop if they're just like you know screw it but but they'll always have that first and they'll always done it anyone star wars star trek dc harry potter if it makes a comeback or whatever they'll always be compared now to marvel and that's where i feel like what dc started to do right after the justice league debacle was okay, well, we're not going to try to do what Marvel's doing. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. that's where you went wrong to begin with, yeah. is that you were trying to mirror and imitate. And that's not something that can't, I don't, I mean, it could be, but it's not just like copy and paste. It, yeah, it, yeah. it, it would t- just take us good films first. Yeah. And and if they, and you know, may, maybe sprinkle a few Easter eggs in here and there, but nothing like um, uh, have, have a main character show up. Like if you're going to give us a, uh, if you're going to give us a cyborg film in the future, don't just suddenly have Constantine showing up in it, which then makes us think we're going to, for example, hypothetically, then we're going to get this film. And then if Cyborg bombs, we never get that Constantine film. And I know it's a strange comparison, but it's that kind of thing. Don't don't mention it. Just give yeah. us a good Cyborg film. And then the or, next film, refer back to that Cyborg film. So there, then when you watch Cyborg, it ties in. There are ways to do it that feel more organic. Mm-hmm. And I uh, honestly, the one in the, the Justice League Snyder cut is the character that plays Adam in the comics, um, Adam not plays Adam is Adam. The, the, the character he's, uh, the assistant at star labs. I wasn't super familiar with that character. So like it didn't, it kind of snuck past me. I was like, I, there was a scene where it was the clear setup scene at the end where it's like, he's getting, we're having the scene with him getting a promotion because he's somebody, I don't know who he is. And that felt tacked on, but there were his, like just being in the movie was organic. And if you do, that cool because then you can dive off later like jimmy woo in in the marvel yeah. universe right like the first time he shows up you're not like oh he's going to be a pivotal character yeah. later on but he becomes one 
And now you look back at those scenes like, oh, look how great he was there. It's like that's organic introduction yeah. to a character that if he didn't go anywhere, you wouldn't feel let down because yeah. you weren't promised anything. But because it keeps growing, you are hooked in. And that's the difference is you don't force it. You let it just happen. Yeah. And you can always refer back to your films. You can always add things into later films to then enhance the ones that came before. And then and then, and then it looks like you've done your homework. Then it's like, oh, wow, that must have been there all along when really it wasn't. But you can yeah. make it like that. Um, in terms of Zatanna, Anna Diarmas is rumored to be playing Zatanna. I'm okay with that. I Big like rumor, though. Diarmas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's got the look for sure. Like the second you said it, I can see her with the top hat. Um, downside is Zatanna very often depicted overly sexual uh, in the comics. Yeah. Like for a long time, her, comics. She, yeah. yeah, they've they've made it a little better in the recent years. Just like Wonder <laughs> Woman got pants suddenly after like several <laughs> years of having the skirt only. Um, but she still has always been a very sexualized character. Uh, and not, not necessarily that that's wrong, but it depends on whose hands it's in. With Fennel at the helm, I think it'll be handled very well. You could have well. a sexualized, you could have a character who's clearly, who, who is an attractive character and she is, but you, it's how you, it's the gaze of which you impart upon them as well. You, right, can, right. you can have a strong, sexy female character, just don't let Joss yeah. Weed near them. A woman should be w- able to own her sexuality without yeah. it being a negative thing. However, it does depend on why. Or just simply to draw people in. Hey, look, yeah. here's a woman in, in a leotard and a top hat and she's hot. Yes. Come and watch this film. What is it about? Don't worry about that. Woman in a leotard. You yeah. Know, I, you know, those I think days with, are gone. With Fennel, uh, her, her handling of Promising Woman, I think we, we will see a very good handling of the character. But I let's, let's right. hope. I think you're right. So, uh, yep, there's our headlines this week. Let us know what you thought about those. And if you're excited to see William Shatner, you know, infinitely now. Um, now we move on to our next segment, which is called Media Consumption. Uh, and it's the TV shows, movies, video games, music, podcasts, comic books, books, whatever it is that we've consumed that we don't um, create, that we've used to pass the time since the last episode. So, uh, John, what have you been checking out over the last week? Well, as per usual, I've been listening to the Blank Check podcast. Uh, the yep. Moana episode dropped. Um, they are now done with the Musker Clemens uh, miniseries. Uh, Moana is so great. I love that movie so much. Um, and then like the uh, Patreon episode for uh, Star Trek Three: um, The Search for Spock just yep. finally dropped. I didn't realize I was like two weeks ahead on the movies because I've already watched Star Trek Four. Yeah, take that, Blank Check. Uh, but uh, I. I really am enjoying going through the Star Trek movies. Um, it's really weird though. Right now you need two services to watch all of the movies because there are one, two, three, five, and six, I think are on Hulu uh, and yeah. only on Hulu. But for some reason, Star Trek four is only on Paramount plus. Well, that's and I don't, not annoying, is it? I don't, well, I lucked in, uh, I don't know if it's still active, but um, Paramount plus had a uh, deal. It's a hundred dollars for the year. But there's a if you use the promo code year, you get half off of that. So for fifty nice. bucks, you can have Paramount Plus for the entire year. It's That's a not good, bad. Not at all. Uh, there's some, and you get live TV with it, which is something that a lot of the other services don't offer. You get like all the CBS channels, including your local CBS channel, which is really cool because I don't have cable or anything. So I'm like, oh, that's like if I want to watch sports, very rarely <laughs> it, I have that option. Um, and Peacock is doing something similar, although they're not giving the local nbc which i think is a big mistake i think they need to add that in especially now that paramount plus has the local cbs but um i uh 
you know, so I, I, I do think that's weird. But so I, I've watched uh, a few movies this week. I am currently going through Martin Scorsese's filmography that I have not seen. And I'm almost through. I have two more movies left. But I watched Boxcar Bertha, The Last Temptation of Christ, The Color of Money, and Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore all this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Alice Doesn't. Um, of those four. Yep. Man, I don't know. Boxcar Bertha is by far the worst. Uh, but <laughs> it's it's still very, I still think it's very worth watching if you're mm-hmm. a Scorsese completionist. I don't think of a standalone film. It's not like anything. Okay. It doesn't do anything. Revel- it's a Corman film first, yeah. um, but you see Scorsese's touches. Uh, Alice doesn't live here anymore is really good. Um, it uh, Ellen Burstyn. So right away that good. should, uh, yeah, um, she is the standout of that movie for sure. And she's, she's so the lead, good so. anyway. Yeah, exactly. And um, I really like that movie. It's got humor, but it's also very dramatic. Um, Last Temptation of Christ is, mm-hmm. It's hard to argue that's not a masterpiece because there is such an interesting way of telling the Christ story. And um, there is this kind of revisionist history to it at one point, which is, I don't want to reveal what it is, but I, I like how it's presented because it gives this uh, <laughs> what if scenario um, that I thought was really cool. And then uh, The Color of Money, man, I am such uh, a Paul Newman, Robert Redford fan from The Sting and, uh, and uh, Butch Cassidy. Sunday's kid. Uh, so I've really liked to kind of, and I, I also watched cool hand Luke for the first time last year. Um, so I've really become like Paul Newman. I like him a lot. So he's great in the color of money. I am a Tom Cruise fan. Uh, not so much as a person, but as an actor. <laughs> yes. But early Cruise is often ob- obnoxious. Like he, he's really a lot in the color of money. He's yeah. supposed to be, that is part of the character, but, but you still see well. Yeah. You see the crews coming through the character yeah. and you're just like, Oh, I don't, I don't know if I like him, but I actually like Newman a lot in the, yeah. in the uh, color of money. So I was very into that movie too. Um, but Corey and I did Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, mm. uh, for the, the pod neither of us had ever seen it. Um, I like that man. Yeah, I do too. But, uh, Corey wasn't as much on it, but it is, it's very dialogue focused and, mm, yes. uh, uh, big performances, but I, I really was into it and coffee is for closers. Um, <laughs> I, I needed a, a, uh, a, a palate cleanser comedy. So I watched, so I married an ax murder is, is a, a long time favorite of mine. Matt, I, I know you're not a big TikTok user. I'm not. I like the ones you send. Yeah. Um, I, I've gotten where I like when I'm bored, I'll, I'll just flip through them. And there's a, a trend on TikTok now is, um, what's a, what's something you have no right mem- having memorized, but you did anyways, or something like that, where it's like, <laughs> and I didn't realize how much. I know, so I married an axe murderer. Like I'm pretty sure I could do the whole movie right now, verbatim. The floor is No, uh, <laughs> but like legitimately, like th- there's three different poems in the movie that he recites. It's, it's an ongoing thing. He writes poetry, and it's like you know, it's that era of like the beat poet kind of thing. And I know all of the poems, like <laughs> line by line. Like I was with Mike Myers doing the poems, and yes. I mean, I I don't. I like that movie a lot. I don't think it's a masterpiece, but for me, it just it cracked me up. I think it's really fun. Um, I was a huge Wayne's world fan and that was the only yes. other Mike Myers project for a while. And then suddenly we get Austin powers and Shrek. Um, and then the love guru. Um, but Enough you know, about that. Enough about less said about the love guru, the better. And the most of Mike Myers recent output up until his little cameo in, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And he was in the terminal with Margot Robbie, which was and really He's in odd. Glorious Bastards, though. Let's not forget. Yes, he is. Um, I did forget. <laughs> yeah. It, but uh, then, as I mentioned, Star Trek 4. Um, Matt, what do you know about Star Trek 4? 
uh, The Voyage Home. Nothing, basically. I got to tell you, dude, I it, it's a comedy first. Okay, I didn't expect that. It's a time travel movie. Uh, uh, so they end up in, like, 1987, like, on purpose, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> because they have to save the humpback whale in order to save... Okay. This is not Earth. where going where I thought it was going to go. Dude, it is the most zany plot, but it's so much fun. I uh, I don't know if you know this that um, Leonard Nimoy directs the third and fourth movie. I know he directed a few of them, yeah. Um and the fourth one is is a fish out of water story. Like like okay, think <laughs> think about true. but think about Chekhov. Yes. In yeah. the 80s, how bad. So they they are looking for I forget why because there's a lot of plot devices that I'm just like, okay, they need to find a nuclear power source, I think to power the warp drive or something. And so Chekhov, a Russian is in America, San Francisco asking people where the nuclear plans are. So just passes just people on the street. Yeah. With his very thick Russian accent. And of course, (laughs) you know, it it attracts the attention of, of many people because it's cold war, you know, fear, paranoia. Alien. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, uh, there's a lot of stuff like that. It's, it's really fun. I was not expecting to have that much fun with wow. a, and, and it's got some cheesy eighties comedy tropes in it. Uh, you know, <laughs> but I, I was just like, all right, like Nimoy, because Nimoy is the only alien on the crew, yeah. right? Like, in the original cast, there's no, like, there's no Klingon in the crew. Like there is next gen. So he has the pointy ears. That's the, I can, he has to wear a headband to cover up the points. Is. But he just looks like a hippie. Like it's so. What is oh, going man. on? I really had fun with Star Trek for a voyage home. Um, My uncle it, is a huge Trekkie slash Trek, huge Trekker. I'm going to message him after this and say, "Right, Star Trek Four, talk to me." So I want to see what he thinks. Like a diehard fan thinks of this. Yes, I I had fun with it. I think I'm very excited to hear the blank check uh, commentary during Dude. the episode because it's. Uh, on the show, so it's, if you're not familiar with the blank check, it's Griffin and David, and then Ben is the the producer, but he often is involved with the episodes. And um, Griffin is a Star Wars. Remember, the blank check started as a Star Wars Star podcast, Wars, okay. and then it became the blank check podcast. Um, so they're both big, David and Griffin are both big, big Star Wars nerds. David is a Star Trek nerd, also. Griffin has never watched Star Trek until now, and so you're getting like his first kind of uh, take on all of it. Um, really and then ben ben is coming at it's been fun because ben has been like uh instructing the audience to bully themselves because he can't bully them for like you know he's like all right now i need you to put yourself in a locker um or give yourself a wedgie like like, it's been pretty funny Uh, but ben has even started to come around where he was really into star trek wrath of khan is is just a great movie Mm -hmm. uh whether you're a star trek fan or not it's just a great Star Trek three is definitely where you are. If you are enjoying Star Trek three, you're becoming a Star Trek nerd because it is very Star Trek and then in you get nature. To number four, and they haven't got there yet. I'm very curious to see how <laughs> they respond. Uh, um, because Star man, Trek has the stigma, man, and I don't mean to jump on that, but for me, like you said, they're quite slow. But that is Star Trek. Star Trek is it's always been called. It was called like the thinking man sci-fi comparison yeah, it's, it's to a Star Wars, which is more your space opera type thing, where it's more like pew pew. And that's what's kind of always put me off. Was I always felt, is it going to be kind of like stale, stuffy? Is it going to be boring and slightly lifeless? Um, but hearing you talking about this, I was clearly wrong about my generalization of the franchise, the IP. Yeah, um, I, I, I like it. I, I am into like contemplative things, though. So that is 
to be fair, especially now. So, um, but the last thing, and this will tie us together as we, yeah. we've been able to do this thanks to Marvel because they're consistently pumping Woo-hoo. out, or no, I guess thanks to Disney because it was Disney. Mandalorian at first. Um, but I watched the, the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yep. Um, opening sequence is fantastic. I really, really like Anthony Mackie. Um, I think what Sebastian Stan is doing with Bucky is interesting uh, and, and what they're doing with it as a collective, but I think Stan's performance is solid. Um, it is post blip. And I think yeah. it's cool that both uh, the shows have been kind of interacting with the blip. It's not just like, Oh, that happened. And now we move on. It's like, no, no, no there's ramifications of everyone vanishing that. for five years. Um, and we got that from far from home as well. But uh, I, I really, I like this. I like what the series seems to be doing. Um, also one of the things uh, I think is worthy of talking about, and I don't think this is a spoiler because it's very, very early in the episode, but uh, Marvel did have this bad habit of casting black actors as the sidekicks to the main white heroes, right? Mm-hmm. You get Falcon to Captain America, which in that Falcon doesn't have a movie. He's just introduced in Captain America. Uh, you get um, in Iron Man one, it's, it's a different actor, but in, in Iron Man two yeah. and three, you get war machine with Brody. And uh, I think this movie starts to the show. I'm sorry. starts to grapple with that. Uh, there's a sequence where Mackie is giving something to a museum yep. and it, we get Don Cheadle, which I guess that's a spoiler is if you don't know, Sheetle's going to be in it, but um, it all connects to the MCU anyway. So. But that conversation that they are having, and also the look, there's this moment where Mackie says something like um, this was the symbol was, mo- this is more of a symbol of what Rogers was and no one can step into that role. And then you, it cuts to Cheadle and he kind of like looks like, am I just trying to be, Tony, am I trying to fill Tony's shoes? And I think literally these actors are ex- having to do that. Like, can they step into the roles of mm-hmm. Chris Evans and 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 Robert Downey freaking Jr.? Yep. I mean, imagine the shadow that these two guys have left on the MCU. And so I think it, there's a meta quality to it, but it's also like, hey, Marvel, maybe these guys can do it. Maybe they are capable of being in the lead. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was an interesting kind of thing, but I, I enjoyed the show. I'm, I'm excited for uh, the rest of it. See where it goes. Yeah, man, uh, it's interesting that you kind of um, that you refer to it as a movie, but then oh no, TV series because this felt like a film, man. I said yeah. it to you off air that by the end of it, I can imagine it's going to feel like a chopped up film, and I don't mean that badly. It's gonna, it felt cinematic. One division did too, um, but obviously the sitcom element of the first three or four episodes lent that TV air. This feels straight like straight like it was a film. The the intro was great. The performances are great. It's a lot slower than I thought I was going to be, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's a lot more introspective. It's after the blip. These are characters who are trying to find their place within the world now. These are superheroes finding their place in the world. What do they do when the What do they do when the blip's finished? Uh, blip's over. The big bad guy's gone. What do they do now? You know, how what, what does life look like for them? And I said before this came out, I said it on this show. I'm not really interested in the Falcon and Winter Soldier because it's just going to be, you know, things blowing up and it's going to be very marvelly in that sense but man i dug it i need to shut up and before <laughs> and i'm going to say it now i can't wait for loki it's going to be the best show i've ever seen there i said it but no, <laughs> I, I i enjoyed this dude i really did i like the performances um, anthony mackie i'm not always too hot on outside of the mcu but i think he's great here um sebastian stands very good there's some interesting character moments there's some interesting uh, things that happen which are obviously setting up the series and it's, it's promising how it all ties into the wider picture. We'll see in terms of the actual MCU f- films, but I, I like, like you said, how they're dealing with like post blip. I like how it isn't just, this is the films 
here's a TV series, TV shows. Everything does. I love a connective universe that's done well. And this is what I like. I can watch this. They're talking about the blip. Makes me think of Endgame. I can now watch Endgame and think, well, I now know where these characters go post-blip because they talk about it. It all feels um, connected. So I like that. So Falcon and Winter Soldier, I thought it was good. Thought it looked good. Thought it was paced well. Thought it was acted well. I thought it sounded good. I'm intrigued. Colour me intrigued for what's next, my friend. Um, my list is never quite as exciting as yours, but I did finish Ted Lasso. I was late Ooh. to the last week because I was too busy watching episode five. I was, like, I was halfway through. I really dug it. I'm very pleased that um, <clears throat> JB uh, recommended it because it's really very good. Interesting to hear that seasons two and three yeah, have been greenlit. Um, so season three has been greenlit before season two has even come out. So that's interesting. That's exciting. Uh, and yeah, if you haven't seen Ted Lasso, everything John said on recent shows, go watch it. Really good. Really heart uh, warming, uplifting. And above all, good. It's good. It's funny. There's a lot to like about it, but it is engaging as well. Um, I listen to the Night- a Nightmare on Film Street podcast. It's like the, one of the bigger horror movie podcasts where they usually pit f- similar films against each other. And this week they were talking about American Psycho like, versus We Need to Talk About Kevin. The two films which have similar um, themes going through them. So that was interesting. I like both of those films. We Need to Talk About Kevin. I think people need to talk about that film more because I really like that film. No, I think really like that film. And in terms of the actual films I've seen, it's been a bit of a mixed bag again. I watched Possession, the uh, early 80s film, because we're covering that on NPM this week. So I went back to watch Possession, which is always interesting to watch. And most people know it for like, like one scene uh, later in the film. But um, I, I, I wanted a palate cleanser and I wanted a bit of a laugh after watching Justice League. So I put Alien Resurrection on. And God damn, is that movie bad? But... Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to. It, it wasn't like a choice to watch. I was scrolling through Sky Cinema after it finished, and like, like you said, I, I saw the Friday the Thirteenth films, and I thought, you know what, I might start watching these. But it's only got like two, three, four, six, seven, and eight, or something like that. And they're missing like parts one and five, which is really annoying. So I can't watch them. And I scrolled through, and I, I recently watched Alien. I've recently watched Aliens, and then Resurrection turned up. And every time I watch that film, I'm, I've said it before, like maybe this will be the time when I think it's a bit better than rubbish. No, it's awful. It's still really bad. There's still so many, but there's some cool things in it. Alien Resurrection. I'm not that bad. There are some cool things in it, but for the most part, it's just dross. Um, but it did make me laugh after Justice League. Uh, I watched Black Swan. I watched it a few weeks ago. I watched it again this week because we're covering it on the back row this week. Uh, I uh, And no spoilers because that's what we do on that show. I love Black Swan. I think it's great. Uh, whatever I think of Aronofsky, I love that film. Uh, and then I watched the Retur- Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Last night, again, it, I just sit, saw it scrolling through Sky Cinema. I, I haven't, for some reason, I watched the other two more uh, recently, whether because I'm covering it or just uh, just out of um, just because I fancy watching them. But I thought I haven't watched Return of the King for so long, and I wanted to have again another kind of feel good film by the end of it. And I've I've been looking through Lord of the Rings memes, and a lot of them, a lot of them relate to like for Frodo and big moments like that. And I thought, you know what, I want to watch that scene. So Return of the King is wonderful. And I've watched Frozen as well, John, one and two, <laughs> because my uh, my my daughter, my the, the young the young princess herself, Queen Elsa, a young Queen Elsa. She was off school yesterday. She wasn't well. She's back in today, not COVID. Um, but to keep her happy, Frozen went on. Oh, can I watch a second one afterwards? Oh, 
So I was kind of like willing the willing this sort of sniffles and cold to go away. So today I didn't have to watch it. Thankfully, I haven't got to watch it. So um, yeah, Frozen one and two have finished mine. It's a bit of a mixed bag, like yours as well, actually. Um, but let us know what you've been watching as well, guys. And we're now going to move on to the uh, the category, the element of the show, which you know we we're kind of giving away trade secrets here, but we do it for you guys. It's a bloody awesome movie podcast. We have to hit that level of bloody awesome in order to do justice to this show, Justice League. So each week we tell you guys what we've been doing to stay bloody awesome. So, John, what have you been up to this week? Well, I have been spring breaking. Um, spring as break. I mentioned earlier, a little spoiler earlier, but I have <laughs> uh, to stay bloody awesome. I needed a break. I needed a vacation. And uh, that's what I did. Um, I'm currently only on officially day two because the weekend doesn't really count because it's Don't the really weekend. Yeah. But uh, so Tuesday is when we're recording this. This is my second day of, of the five days. The It's crazy because it's only day two and I'm already like, oh, my God, I have to go back to work in a week. But, you know, uh, I am um, I, I, I'm hopeful uh, to kind of enjoy the break. I, I'm having lunch with a friend. That's why we're recording early. I'm having nice. lunch and playing some magic today. Um, safely with masks and uh, both of us have had our first shot of our vaccine so um we're, we're both waiting because we're both teachers and so we've we we finally were given uh, priority at least um uh, i have my second shot coming up on april 5th i'm excited to get that um but yeah i am uh you know just trying to enjoy myself a little bit i've like i said i'm gonna watch these last two martin scorsese movies i've got new york new york and um uh, Cundin to watch um, New York, New York's a rather long one, but it has Liza Minnelli and Robert De Niro. Uh, strange pairing. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to check that one out. It's like two hours and 40, I think. And I, I don't know how long Cundin is, but I can't imagine that being short. It looks, it looks a little heavy. Um, <laughs> but, and then I have, I did buy the Criterion Scorsese uh, shorts um, when I, I couldn't oh, nice. resist. I was like, Oh, I've already seen the big shade, but I haven't seen the other ones. And it was like, it's a Criterion print feels like the right way to cap off uh, the Scorsese filmography. Go hard or go uh, home. And then I didn't watch his docs. Uh, and so I, I'm not making that a priority. I was, I was focused on finishing his features. I don't know how much of his voice will come through in like a doc or in a, a concert film. Cause he's done yeah. a lot of concert films. I wasn't um, aware of that. Uh, the last waltz. And I think he did at least one or two Rolling Stones concert films. Um, oh, wow. I did not know uh, that. Yeah. So uh, I'm in one of them. We're watching for, uh, the movie club this year we're doing movie docs and um i had picked a scorsese one not knowing i was going to finish his filmography this year but um but yeah that's I'm, I'm just breaking matt what are you doing to stay bloody awesome sometimes you need to take a break and refresh the batteries mine was um just seeing family mate something um fairly uh twee but something we all need to do sometimes is just like see people and it's my it's my dear old mum. it's her 60th birthday uh, in the last week so um went down to a whistle stop tour to go and say hello. Uh, but it's just nice to get out of the house, see people who, well, we'll say people, family, who over the last year kind of haven't really been able to see very often, other than over uh, a camera, webcam or a FaceTime or whatever. So it was nice to actually sort of just go down and say hello to people and see people and have a cup of tea and then obviously make your way back and all that. But that was lovely to be able to see that. And it makes you feel good as well. Just like having a break, just having a spring break, like you do when you when you go and play magic with your buddies and that. You feel good when you finish. You kind of feel like, do you know what? I needed that. And we all need that, whether it's a break or seeing people. Anything that kind of gives you that shot. So at the end of it, you're like, God damn, I'm so glad I did that. I feel ready to take on this crappy pandemic once again. 
Um, and we're getting to a point, hopefully we won't have to say that too much soon, but, and uh, hopefully like seeing friends and family and loved ones will become the norm again, because I'm telling you, I need to, I'm, I'm getting a ticket. Uh, sadly, it will be a return ticket and, I'm, and we're going to do a bloody awesome live at some point soon. That is the yes. plan, but I can't do it whilst there are travel restrictions and also like right, budgetary right. restrictions, but we don't talk about that. So, but that's the plan, man. So I need this pandemic to go so we can do the pandemic, like finally finish that off. And uh, see, there's nothing, nothing excites me more than sitting in a theatre with John with massive, but I mentioned this the other week, massive bucket of popcorn and then coming out afterwards and sitting down and actually having a chat about a film with someone. That's like straight away afterwards, man. That's going to be boss. But um, yeah, so, the, so seeing family and then kind of like the extended idea of seeing other people in weeks and months and years to come is, is very exciting to me. So that's how I've been staying bloody awesome. Basically, we've both been keeping it real this week, I think. Yep, exactly. So that was our uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, review this week. And it was a little bit longer than normal. And um, so I hope you enjoy what we did. Next week, though, uh, potentially we'll be watching the the last blockbuster, potentially, or something else maybe. We haven't quite got to that yet. It would have been Godzilla versus Kong, but that's been delayed, isn't it, John? Yeah, they put it was supposed to come out on the 25th, and they pushed it back to the 31st um, on theater. It's the th- same day theater, same day HBO, but they pushed it back a week, which I don't know when that happened. I actually think that happened hmm. earlier, and I didn't acknowledge it. So I thought we were going to be able to do uh, we we generally record on Tuesdays, listener, and so the thirty first is the Wednesday, which would either mean we'd have to try to reschedule, which would be really hard because Matt does so many podcasts, and mm-hmm. uh, there's also a major time difference for the two of us, so it's already challenging. We fit it in uh, where we can fit it in, um, and yeah, so we will be doing Godzilla versus Kong just a week later yep. uh, than we thought. But um, I I don't know if you know about this documentary, Matt, but the last blockbuster. Uh, did you have Blockbuster? Yeah, dude. Yeah, okay. I had Blockbuster. I used to go to I wasn't sure if it was global yeah. or if that was oh, American. Oh, Blockbuster's very global. Yeah, we had it okay. in, we had one back home and we had Blockbuster and we had like the smaller channel, Apollo it was called. But yeah, sure, I remember yeah. going to Blockbuster, man. I, so, the last film I bought from there was Paranormal Activity. Ah, yeah, I used to, I love buying the used movies from Blockbuster. Yep. A lot of my movies still have the stickers and yeah, stuff yeah, on yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I loved it, man. But, um, so this documentary has a lot of celebrity interviews. I've heard mixed things, but it's on Netflix. Um, I feel like it's going to be a nostalgia button for both of us, though, because especially right now, the yeah, idea the like, well, man. I, I miss going to rent movies. Like, I love the accessibility of streaming, but man, there was something about walking in, especially like my local blockbuster had the one rack where it was like the recommendations from the staff. And it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I love that because like if you knew like, hey, that dude Jarvis. Uh, actual friend of mine that worked at Blockbuster. Um, <laughs> like he has the taste of movies that I have, and I'm going to check out his recommendations every week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that was a cool personal touch. You don't get at Redbox, and I, I feel like Netflix. I mean, granted, they're not going to have employees, but their recommendations never feel like recommendations. They just feel like like well, this is what we're currently promoting. Yeah, like we have an you watch you watch an action film. Here's ten other action films which aren't necessarily what you've anything to do with what you was watched, but it's action. Yeah. Um, I, my, my brother used to work at Blockbuster, and he said it's the best, fun, most fun he's ever had in a job. Because you just watch films all day, and, and the people around you are like minded, and everyone's coming in to watch films. And it was that ex- the vibe. And I'm, if we do this, I'm sure we'll speak about it. that vibe you got. We walking in the excitement of is my is the empty cassette going to be behind this? Have I yes. made a wasted journey? And then, well, well I, I better get the sweets or candy whilst I'm here. And it has that lovely that's the smell to it. And you'd always find more films that you what you'd think. Well, next time I'm going to get that. 
you 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 know you'd look up to the top shelf and you very quickly look down when your mum and dad came or whatever. Uh, I remember seeing Stephen King's It there, and that cover used to scare the hell out of me as a kid. I've got so many memories associated with that place that. Um, uh, regardless, I'm going to check out the documentary anyway, man. Right. So I was like, it came out a week or two ago anyways uh, on Netflix, which is, of course, ironic that it's on Netflix. Uh, lots of memes <laughs> about that. But um, I, I, I've I, been wanting to watch it. And since we our plans have been interrupted by a unprecedented and probably very precedented uh, movie delay during a pandemic. <laughs> One um, week delay. Uh, we, will, we will be doing Godzilla vs. Kong just a week later than we had anticipated. Um, yeah. So instead... Yeah, let's do the last blockbuster. We we yeah. don't do enough documentaries anyway, so yeah, we'll do that. And anything else, if we if we happen to watch any new films, we'll, it'll be in the media consumption section anyway. So um, yeah, let's have a nostalgia vibe, man. All right. Well, then there that's the episode. I think right. That is the episode. Yep. So that is the the last episode. Just joking. It's not really. We've got many many more to come. But if you if you like what you've just heard, and we certainly hope you do, you can find us um, online. You can find us on Twitter at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. John, on Instagram, we are? Uh, we are at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. All one word. Facebook, just search Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. You'll see us on there. Uh, John, where can the world find you online? Well, I am at BurkeReviews.com, where I sometimes write reviews, although less lately, just mostly <laughs> podcast. Uh, every <laughs> once in a while, I write something. Um, I, I am I'm working through maybe doing an editorial piece on Scorsese. Uh, I just don't know if I have anything to add that hasn't already been said by other people. He is kind of a really famous director. Um, <laughs> but uh, on the socials, I'm just at Burke Reviews. I'm always interested to read your work. Do it anyway, man. Do it anyway. Yeah. Well, it's good to get your voice out there. Uh, you can find me at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk, exactly the same as John. Need to do more reviews. I keep telling myself today's a day. I've got about eight I want to do, little ones, but... I, I like watching films as well so um just find what i watch tonight socials and letterboxd as well if you want to find some funky lists and if you do like what you've just heard please consider checking us five stars on your podcast provider of choice give us a good review if you wouldn't mind it helps us grow gets more people listening and we get to interact with more people each week and as film fans that's qu- what we quite like to do it's how me and john met in the first place so that is this week's episode we look forward to our uh, nostalgia trip next week but until then stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Blah, 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 bl